they played with heart right and that's this this sort of quality that we recognize in someone that we recognize as a kind of excellence right and that heart is a taking care of you know like we could almost like define it in that way heart is taking care of mm. blank you know mm. taking care of moment to moment to moment to moment taking care of this taking care of that taking care of the thing that is right in front of me at this moment and that is heart and we recognize that and we resonate with that as human beings when we when we see it this is way of the artist with brandon colby cook and evan schulte identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art Welcome to Way of the Artist Podcast, folks. We've got a conversation coming your way that we don't really know what this conversation is going to be necessarily. We're just jumping in, diving in, um, you know, and uh, that's just a, a, a fun little experiment to do. Also, uh, me having a newborn kid, it uh, sometimes doesn't allow us to always really have long discussions around what we're going to get into but these are fun uh, I always enjoy these and I think we always end up coming out with some really interesting stuff so uh, yeah Brandon what do you got what do you got to yeah. come in with <laughs> well I, always, I do I do like these they they started as uh, the not so serious Sunday or I think that was something how we how we did it originally but anyway yep. it was like yep. uh, you know just I think there's something about being an artist where you know, you just got to start, you just got to get going. And I usually do find that there is something that you have to work with. And when you continually push yourself this way, you start to find out, I used to do this exercise where, um, part of my writing exercise, I would just write dialogue. I'd write a scene and I, I would just make up the characters. Like I would literally just go, okay, character a character B. And I would give them a name. I'd be like, this person's like this, this person's like this. I'd put a situation, throw them into it and just let's see what happens. And sometimes mm. it would be hilarious. Sometimes it would be super dramatic, but there was always something to kind of spur on thought. Once you just gave yourself permission to say, okay, like I, like I got to do this. Let's just try it out. Um, other times I find like on those writing exercises, you'd come in or I, I would come in with, an idea. Like I'd kind of be like, I kind of want to write a scene about that, you know, and then that would be enough. But I think there's a, there's a good lesson in this for all artists out there is that, you know, trust that there's like a, a, a seed of creativity in you at all times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, no, and I, if I, you just kind of embrace it, something cool can come out of it. Yeah. I, I you know what? I already love what you're saying, Brandon. Um, I already love what you're saying. Um, I've, even had had some stuff happen or recently that I think is related to this. Um, but I think that um, what I'm hearing in, in some of what you're saying um, and something that I, I do feel strongly about is that I think that it's important in your life, um, but certainly, you know, in living a sort of an artistic type of life um, with that sort of philosophy and approach towards life 
every now and then I think that you've got to do things that are like a, you know, it's like a willing act of faith and trust in yourself to just say like, throw, just throw yourself into a situation, just throw yourself into something and, and trust yourself to, to sort of find your legs, so to speak in, in that whole process. And, um, I think that, you know, how, when we do episodes like this, this is a little bit of, of something like that as well, which is, I think, part of what I enjoy about it. Um, I recently, I just had a class I was just teaching uh, this past Thursday. Uh, I had, you know, I'm taking them through like the the very beginning steps of, you know, Meisner technique and and what I teach. And for people who um, aren't uh, necessarily familiar with that, you know, one of the first things that I get everybody to do is I get two people sit across from each other and I basically ask them to, you know, turn away or close their eyes from the person in front of them. And then I tell them to, you know, open their eyes, look, look at the, at the person. And what's the first thing that you see, you know, in that person? What's, what's the first just basic physical thing that you've observed in, in the person across from you, right? Is it their eyes? Is it their you know, is it their beard? Is it their nose? Is it their ears? Their, the, the color of the shirt that they're wearing, whatever it is. But what is actually the first thing that you see? And it's kind of a fascinating exercise in that um, it's very simple, right? Like there's, there's nothing complicated about what I'm asking people to do, but it inherently brings up every single time a myriad of problems, Right. There's always uh, this thing of like, oh, well, there's judgments on what are good things or bad things to notice. Right. Or what are more interesting things to notice? Or sometimes there's this sense, especially since I'm working with actors a lot of the time, there's like the sense of I have to perform this in some kind of way. And again, trying to make it interesting or, um, you know, weird things like, oh, well, I said um, I said eyes the last time so I can't say eyes this time right and it's just like well that's not the exercise the exercise is what is the first thing that you actually notice we're just trying to get come into contact with a very Mm -hmm. simple reality with each other and with yourself can Mm -hmm. you actually acknowledge the 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 thing that actually is um and and we play all kinds of tricks on ourselves that that keep us from doing that so anyway I'm taking my students through this and uh I had this one student who, who was saying like, you know, I'm just like, I'm taking, I'm taking what I think is the first thing that I see and that I'm aware of in, but then I'm second guessing myself. I'm wondering if that is actually the first thing that I saw, right? Was that the first thing? And, and I was like, you know, that's a really, that's an interesting problem, right? And And I said, but part of the issue is that it's like, look, you take the thing like, you know, you just, you, you just fire as quickly as you can. You know, that's really what I told him. She's like, just say the thing as quickly as you can. That gives you the best chance of it being actually the first thing. But, you know, because the exercise goes, you know, that that's just the beginning of, of the exercise. And then it kind of spirals into, you know, uh, an exchange from there with, with your partner. Um, but 
part of the issue was he's like, well, this whole time that you're you've been now thinking about, oh, was that actually the first thing that that I actually saw? It's like you're not actually connected with your partner for now where the exercise is gone, right? You're no longer present with it because you're not trusting what you came in with, mm-hmm. right? You're not trusting that that thing. So um, I, I've taken sort of a scenic route here in this <laughs> in in this story, but uh, it's it's fascinating how far just a little a little act of faith and trust in yourself can take you. Um, and not only that, but actually how essential it is, how completely essential it is in order for you to be present and be attentive and as engaged with whatever is right in front of you. You know, that that trust in that and that act of faith to just jump in, dive in, um, and see what comes out, right? Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that it might not be a perfect thing that comes out, but it it will almost certainly lead you to a place of clarity. It will lead you to a um, the thing that that is that is next, or that is maybe the better thing afterwards, right? But that act of 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 faith and trust um, is sometimes the only thing that will show you that because you can't possibly know beforehand. Yeah. Well, there's some good things in there that I want to mention. One is that, you, you know, with that exercise you're talking about is a good example of starting from a place of truth, starting from something real. And I think often with creativity, there is a, pressure that gets put on people or we put on ourselves where we go like, well, I want this to be good or interesting or whatever. And we don't trust that the truth is enough, you know, that, that what is real and what is happening right now is, is good enough to, to, to meet the beginning of something. And I would argue the opposite. I would actually argue that it only begins once you hit a moment of truth, nothing has happened until you've actually hit, hit some type of truth. And if you Mm -hmm. want to look at it, like, uh, an analogy I might compare it to is like, let's say you're trying to drill for oil. It doesn't matter if you drill the perfect hole, you know, if you don't strike oil, if you don't find the gold, if you don't hit the thing that you're, you're doing, nothing has really happened yet. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. there, I think that the truth in, in terms of creativity is plentiful. It's, it's, it's under the surface all the time, always ready, always available, but a crafty artist. And I think you, you've used this term before and I love it. It's uh, um, it's not crafty, but it's like clever, clever. Thank you. Yeah. Clever. Uh, the clever artist manages to strike anything but the truth. and thinks they're getting away with something and um you know they don't know why they're failing to make an impact failing to uh get the result failing to really get to the next step and clever being being clever can work against you in a in a big way and so you you know you if you can truthfully begin where you are 
it's not even it's it it is there is faith and there is trust but it but it's almost beyond that like once you begin to see that that's really the only way to begin like um and it's not about always it's not always about like knowing that um like let, let me give another comparison here maybe this will help so let's say your goal is to to drill and strike oil that's what you're trying to do that's the task if you're too focused on drilling the perfect hole and not actually hitting oil, you're doing nothing. But if you really truthfully think that if I drill here, that there's a chance I might strike oil, even if you don't strike oil, there's still something real that happened. But the, the thing is, is the crafty artist tries to drill the perfect hole as opposed to the goal, which is to hit truth, to hit oil, to to, to, to expose something that is under there that we don't know is there. And that, um, that's one of the reasons why I actually love Meisner and the coaching you do that way, because I feel like when you actually strike oil, you're like, Whoa, it like hits you. You're like, wow, I had no idea that was there under the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to, I want to maybe just modify your, <laughs> your metaphor a little bit, just, um, uh, in a, in a, in a slight way. Um, at least that it makes more sense for me and, and hopefully for, um, other people as well. But it was like, it was uh, a piece of wisdom that I read. I think it was in a Dan Millman book, to be honest with you. And he was talking about, there are certain personalities who, I said, he talks, it was this very similar an analogy of like digging a well, digging for a well. I said, it's like, it's better that you dig one well deep down that actually hits the water than 10 holes that never hit the water. <laughs> mm. Oh, I like that. That's a good way to look at it. Right. As well. Yeah. Or, or oil, right. It's like, well, what's the point? Like you're, you're, there's no point in, in the exercise of what you did. If you, if you don't actually hit the thing, like the, the, the whole rigging, the drill, the whatever is, is meaningless. Um, in a, in a sense, because it never, it never reaches that, the thing, it never, it never makes contact with the thing that's real. And so in terms of, um, you know, artistry, it's like, yeah, it's like we, we need to do, to hit that, that, that the water, you know, like, and as opposed to I mean, are we getting a little, I'm just trying to like, I'm like, how are we, we're, we're over here at this, this new territory, it seems <laughs> like. And I'm like, I can, this started out from a place of this trust and, and faith. I guess it, it has something to do with that. I just had to, sorry, everybody had to just like recalibrate myself. Um, yeah, it's, I think that that, that trust and, uh, thing in yourself is, is that, perseverance and persistence to like, well, dig that, dig that one thing and, and, and dig down as far as you can with it. Mm. Right. Um, dive in and see what comes up out mm. of it. Right. Um, and maybe nothing, you know, that is, that is a, that is a possibility, but at least, you know, you're like, mm -hmm. okay, there's nothing here. There's no, there's no water. There's no oil. <laughs> in this one but but you know that now right you know that now and it's like all right well let's let's dive in let's dig dig somewhere else mm -hmm. yeah well and also like i mean i think with creativity a lot of creativity is it is shooting from the hip in a sense it's like you you're 
you're trying stuff and you're, you're going to see, okay, does this work? Does this lead to anything? Does this get me anywhere? And I think the, the part of creativity is like, I don't know, like you're, you're not always going to hit gold or hit oil or hit water or what, whatever the, like the, the resource is that you're looking for. And maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's some unique idea. Maybe it's some emotional impact, whatever you're, you're trying to strike that, right. That's what you're trying to get to. And that's okay. I don't, I don't think you always have to put the pressure on yourself to be like, I have to always hit whatever I'm looking for every time I, I try something. Um, but I do think that what you're, when you're going for something, you want to, you want to do it honestly. You know, you don't want to, you don't want to play at it. You don't want to pretend to do it. You know, you want to, you want to dig in there, you know? So like uh, a parable I might say is like, like if you're writing a love story, then you got to try to strike love. You gotta, like you have to. And if you're not hitting that, then you're not writing a love story. And if, if you're writing a horror movie, you got to strike fear and, and in yourself, not just in the audience, not just in your writing, not just in whatever, like, you know, and, and one of the things that I learned through acting, which I always found was actually quite a valuable insight was that, um, you know, some of my, my teachers would say, okay, well this show, what they're trying to do here is they're trying to create this. They're trying to create emotions of suspense and mystery and whatever. And, um, you know, and, and the general feel of this show is everybody's suspicious, right? So um, in a way, like what, what would help is if you could strike that sense that that show is trying to deliver on, because like, I know this sounds like almost probably a little bit of a, an outside in way of working, but I do think that when you're doing a task, there's a, there's, there's a clear goal. And if you, you might not know how you'll get that goal, but you know, at least what you're trying to do here. Like if you're doing a comedy, mm-hmm. the goal is to find the funny, to strike the funny, to make people laugh, to find the sense of humor, to, to find funny in it. Right. And if you're not doing that, then you're not really hitting what you're going for. And to say like be funny is a very outside in direction, but you have to look like, I think as a creative, you have to look inside yourself. And, and I think it begins with like, what do you find funny? You know, and then you can, you can actually work from that. And I actually think as a creative, you can build your sense of something. So your sense of humor, for example, might be quite limited when you begin, but as you work on it, you begin to develop your sense of humor. And it's like having a sense for that thing you're trying to strike and you get more sensitive to it. And then, you know, you have this like, oh, I'm close. This is funny. It could be funnier or, whoa, I didn't, uh, you know, like you begin to understand almost how it works, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And again, I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing whenever we're trying to do something, because, you know, I think an outside in approach to this podcast is like, we want to do a good episode. We want it to be entertaining. We want it to be informative. We, we have a variation of goals and ambitions we're trying to achieve. But at the end of the day, by trying, by, by saying like, let's be interesting, we will not be interesting at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, and in some ways it's like, it's already inbuilt that we want it to be interesting. And so it's not really worth 
in many ways, it kind of makes it's like, all right, so that's not really worth spending that much time thinking about it. Yes. Right. Because it's, it's, it's kind of built in. It's like, uh, I was just thinking in terms of what you're saying, uh, you know, like I cook and I, I enjoy cooking and anytime that I do that, the goal is inherently, I want to make a delicious meal, right? Like I want to make a meal that's not only feeds us, you know, and sustains, but it's, is, is delicious. That tastes good. Um, but the thing is, is that I, that might be the goal, but then it becomes a moment to moment spontaneous process in what I'm doing, right? Like if I'm, if I'm thinking too much, like if my mind is completely on the vision of the final product, right? Like if my mind is just, is just singularly focused on that, I'm going to have some sort of a lapse in the making of it, right? I'm going to do something like burn the chicken, <laughs> you know, or undercook the chicken, you know, if I'm not present with each step of the process, right? If I'm too focused on, um, yeah, if I'm just too, if, if we become too singularly focused on the result, which is something that we've talked about so often, then we actually lose our capacity to do the things fully that will actually deliver that result it's one mm -hmm. of those weird little little paradoxes one of those little things that we have to um that we have to come to terms with i guess or that we have to have some sort of good relationship with um there's something else that you said as well that i think is so important in relation to creativity as well and this emerging conversation of having trust in ourselves to just go and do and 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 begin something or or just yeah throw ourselves in without without any sense of of plan necessarily uh and that is that creativity real honest to god creativity is a spontaneous thing it's a it's a spontaneous thing and so that's another part of these one of these weird things as well which is i think why there's a lot of value in just throwing yourself into something you know having some sort of creative uh outlet or outlets you know having having several can be very useful but something where you can just kind of go like all right just like as you were talking about like all right here's character a and character b who are these people just with with a completely in a place of i don't know you know because that i don't know space is is one of of complete openness mm -hmm. and in that place of i don't know complete openness there's room for spontaneous creativity mm -hmm. right um which are synonymous really like i think that like to say some to say spontaneous is to say creative i mm -hmm. think and to say creative is to say spontaneous um because otherwise if it's not spontaneous then it's contrived and that's something that i know i i hammer on <laughs> a lot as well so i think that uh, there's something about this thing of spontaneity uh for me at least that is is showing to be maybe important to the conversation we're having mm. 
Okay. Well, I want to go back to one thing you said earlier, just to, cause I don't want to forget this thought, but we were talking about making it interesting. Um, and I think we, we don't try to make it interesting. We actually are interested. And, and that's a, a big thing that I think is really important to understand mm-hmm. as a creative that whatever you're going for, it begins within you. So like, don't try to be interesting, be interested because yeah. your interest informs what is interesting. And, 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 you know, uh, something I've learned in my life is that if I'm interested in something, there's chances are someone else might be interested in it as well. And so that's my first audience member. Uh, mm. That's my first client. That's my first student. You know what I mean? Like that's the first thing that is, that is coming through. Um, you know, for me, one of the things that I was fascinated about, like, like literally fascinated, like beyond interest, like, I find it absolutely fascinating that you can tell a story and make someone cry and make them laugh and make them scared. And you can do this. And I found that absolutely just mind bogglingly fascinating. And so I just invested so much energy and time and attention and care into trying to figure out how do you do that? And, and my course that I teach timeless storytelling is, is all about that. Like, like a big part of it at least is about that fascination and I really try to bring people into my exploration of that fascination. And they find it fascinating, surprisingly, unsurprisingly, because yeah. it's really like once I once I point this out to people, because people don't always think about that, they're like, that is fascinating. And it's like, like, it's crazy. We're like magicians. Like, we're literally creating magic here because... None of this is happening. None of it's real. None of it's anything, but we literally can trend, transcend an audience member. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when I like, I haven't mastered it in the sense that I uh, like, cause I feel like it's one of those things you like, I master it in a way, but there's certain things that I'm just always growing and figuring out. But like, one of the things is I wanted, um, I wanted people to feel a couple things in this script. I've talked about it many times on podcast, but I'll just bring it up because it was really the turning point for me when I, when I really dialed in this sense of like, what are we doing here? You know? And there's this moment in that script where I'm like, I want to, I want to make people feel this heartbreak, this, just, just this sense of like, like, like there was a moment in my life where my heart was broken. And the best way I can describe is it, it it felt like like my heart was being torn into two pieces and it was being ripped from one side to the next. And there was a tear happening in the middle of it. And it was, I like one of the most painful experiences and nothing was happening to me other than I was feeling this internal heartbreak. And I, I still remember it because I was like, not only was I feeling this tremendous amount of pain, it was like I was paralyzed and I couldn't move. And then I remember like, it was like I was stuck and I, and I screamed, like I was there and I just went, "Ah," like, I just had this like monstrous roar. And it was the only thing that would soothe that pain. Like I had to meet it with like this monstrous roar. And part of, part of me was like, I want to, I want people to understand what heartbreak is because I want them to see how important like love is because in context that gives me, that gave me the sense of like, like, um, just the, 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 there's a beauty in the pain. I I don't like, it sounds like I'm almost being like, uh, 
like, I don't want people to feel pain, but it's through the pain that they understand their love. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's something in that. And so when I created this moment in the script, I'm like, I want people to do that. And, and one person got back to me, a few people got back to me and they said a bunch of things, but one person in particular said, I read this part in the script and I literally threw it across the room. I threw the script across the room and I sat there for about 30 minutes and then I picked it back up and I had to read the rest of it. And I was like, oh my God, that was, that's amazing. And so to me, my, my dedication is not just how do I do that, but I want to teach people like, how do we do that? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And if that fascinates you, um, just talking about it fascinates you and, and figuring out how to do it fascinates you. It's fascinating. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's, it gotta be in you. Like, and that, that I don't, I know it's so simple. Like when you, when you, it's so simple, but yet we forget to do it sometimes as artists, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a process of discovery. You know, again, it's like, it, it has to be like all the stuff, creativity, spontaneity, discovery, like these are all in the same wheelhouse. And, and really for me, in terms of, you know, what we call, what we might call technique in, in anything, it's like, it's just, to, it's just to get you into the, into a room. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that's, that's all it is like that. That's it, to me, it's the, the more I'm convinced that that's all of its function is to do. It's never the thing. The technique is never the thing itself. Technique is not creativity. Technique no. is not art. Um, it's just something that, yeah, as I said, it, it can get you into a room or it's just sort of like a, a floor underneath your feet or something. But from there, it's up to you to discover and 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 build something on top of it because otherwise it's just it's just a blank slate you know it's just your your technique is just sort of a canvas that you've given yourself mm -hmm. um to do something on but and the rest of it is not necessarily something that can be taught in a in a kind of way it's not or it's not something that can be it, it can't be taught in the way that we normally think of of or in the way that we most of us have learned other things in our in our life creativity is is requires um a certain level of attention and and listening and i think that that's that's something that um that was sort of presenting itself to me in, in what you were saying as well which is that you're talking about when you get interested in something and and that was something that my you know one of my acting teachers said to us just like the audience will get um you will be interesting to the audience once you get interested and mm -hmm. and that was him saying like you once you get interested in in the thing that is actually happening in the scene when you get interested in that person who's actually talking to you right now right when mm -hmm. once you're really interested in, and you know like we we work on all kinds of we worked on all kinds of little things like to talk a little bit about where my teaching goes as, as well. Uh, you know, there comes a point where I get actors to get up and there's sort of a scene that, that, that plays out. But I ask everybody to, um, to prepare some sort of an activity. And very often I, I provide the first couple just as an example for everybody. And it'll be something like, okay, Take this deck of cards and I want you to build 
a house of cards three stories high using every single card in the deck. Right? And it's like, oh, okay, right? And before the other person walks in and the sort of improvised scene begins, you know, you give them time to just to just start, right? And say like, and really do it, really. And you have an audience full of people who are watching somebody build a deck of cards on the edge of their seats. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, like, and it's and it's fascinating. And like everyone's watching, and then it's like you see them making progress, and then like maybe they knock something, and then the whole thing falls over, and everyone's like, "Oh no!" Yeah. Like it's just it's riveting, and it's because there's real interest in what you're doing, really being involved with the thing that you are actually doing. And I think that that's where coming into the place of, I don't know, uh, I don't know and trust. And she's like, all right, let's just jump in and dive in. There's not only does it force spontaneity, but it forces you into a level and quality of, attention and interest because that's the really the only tools that you have at your disposal mm -hmm. right like you that's really all that you've got to carry with you you in many ways in order to survive at whatever the task is that you're doing you have to just have complete attention have complete interest in what's happening in the thing that you're doing and all kinds of interesting things just can sort of spin spin out from that yes. right yeah yeah that's that's um yeah that's all i'm saying hey everybody this is evan and this episode is brought to you by my book yes i recently released a book called the actor's awakening connecting spirituality to craft expand yourself as an actor and your craft through a spiritual perspective take a journey that will explore universal philosophies and insights to help you understand human nature in a profound way and develop practices to take your work to another level. Again, that's The Actor's Awakening, Connecting Spirituality to Craft, available on Kindle and paperback on Amazon. And as always, if you like the show, please subscribe. Uh, no, no, I mean, <laughs> that's it's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> the, well, okay. I wanted to go and, and talk about this in relation to technique because we've been, we, we bounced around that a little bit and like, I don't want to bring it back because I, I like where we're going, but also technique, I think you and I, when we look at technique, because we come more from an acting background, technique was used in a lot of our classes. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, because maybe maybe it wasn't your experience this way, but technique was often used as like, well, if you use this technique, it'll help you get this result, you know, or it'll yeah. make it better or it'll make it good or some quality type of thing, right? And I think that there, like, when you're, when you're working with technique, there is something about technique, learning technique, where it can help you create a quality. I'm thinking like of a painter, right? Like the technique in which you hold the brush and the way in which you push it along the canvas and the, the amount of force and the level of paint on it and, and, and whatever is going on, you know, with, with that whole process, um, you know, and variation of other types of techniques. And there is a craft to your technique and learning to have good technique is is a is an important part of the craft of your art but like the technique is not what gets the gold out of the art 
You know what I mean? It's like, it's what it helps you. Com- it isn't the art. It's what helps you communicate because like, um, you know, uh, like a lot of my filmmakers, we, we, we have this running joke um, where we always talk about how like, this was what I had in my head or even the screenwriters talk about this too. It was like, this is what I had in my head and this is what actually came out. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where like techniques letting you down, you know, like you, you, a lot of the time you, you, you think, Oh, I'm going to create this thing. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be this way, you know, whatever. And then the, the actual result that comes out, um, is not quite like what you thought it would be. Sometimes it's surprising. Sometimes it's better than you ever thought it would be, but there's very often where you're trying to do something and you're like, Oh, like, why did this fall flat? Or why did this come out this way? And, um, on our threads, we'll often toss around this picture where it's like this beautiful piece of like art that like, like a cool tiger or something. And then like the drawing, like terrible drawing of a tiger. <laughs> it's like, it's just kind of like, it keeps you a little bit humble because you realize like in art, you're, you're trying to achieve a vision and there is a certain amount. And you mentioned this and I, I, I these are just a couple of thoughts I wanted to bring in like attention and care. Because like, if you don't care about the little details, if you just kind of skip past stuff, if everything is like just meaningless, like it's just, it just becomes kind of a scribble. And just because you're, you're relying a lot on like almost this internal discovery, this spontaneous thing doesn't mean that you're not putting the care into the little details of what you're doing. Like, Mm -hmm you know, building the card deck and I've seen people do this in the, you know, in the Meisner class, it's like, or, or something of that sort. And, and when people do it, they're really like, they really are trying to put a lot of care into building it. And they're also trying to manage the other person in the scene while doing their thing. Well, that person, you know, well, that other person might have something they're doing. And, and it's, it's like that level of care is is almost more important than the thing. And I think that's the thing you need to understand about technique. It's like, it's, it's, it's the care in the technique, not the technique itself. It's like, um, cause, cause there's a technique in trying to make something actually work, but then there's the care in trying to get it to work in the technique. You know what I mean? Like, and that care that like almost bridge, that's really like, I think, kind of more where the art actually resides it's it's not in the thing you're really trying to do it's not in the skill you have it's like in that in-between flux of it all you know well you know it's what's really interesting that seems quite obvious to me now but technique comes out of care yeah, it does. Yeah. Right. It comes out of care. It's not care that comes out of technique. The techniques come out of, because, you know, like right. whatever technique has, has emerged in any art form ha- is the result of somebody who cared about what they were doing in the moment. Right. It's just like, oh. I'm trying to achieve this effect because there's something I really care about communicating uh, of something in me that I'm trying to get to express better. And that's how people come up with new techniques. Right. Because it's just like, Oh, what if I did this with my brush, right? If I pushed into it or if I put like a, like really loaded my brush up with, with paint and, and did that and 
to it and then you realize like oh yeah it achieves this kind of effect right and then it's studied later she's like oh yes here's the the this <laughs> technique right yeah. and you know and, it's and, so true it's so obvious and so true but yeah you pointed it out i mean that's a really good point yeah 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 it's it's um and that's just uh that's interesting. Like I've it never, is interesting. I've never really made that connection before, but it's, it's, um, that's totally true. I'm just going to say that that's totally true. That technique is, is, is a, is a byproduct of care. Um, it's, which it's is so, why care is, is, is so much more important in this, in this whole thing yes. to have care in the, the, the moment to moment process of what you're doing, because very often, like, don't get me wrong. You can learn techniques and that will that will help you like when it arises right because the thing is with technique is that you might not always need it right you might not always need certain things for whatever it is that you're doing but it might dawn at you at some point that it's like the thing that that you're trying to to do um requires a certain thing and you're like, oh, okay, I know a little bit about how to do that, mm. right? But in many ways, care is the ultimate teacher because you might come up with a completely new way of doing something, right? Because it's just like, oh, there's no, there's no thing in my toolbox that, that is going to, to, to give me the thing that I'm trying to say that is going to enable me to do that. So how can I do that? And that's when you see artists doing all kinds of interesting stuff where it's like, they're, they're like, Oh yeah, I, um, you know, I, I couldn't get the right sound that I wanted for this, for this film score. So, uh, you know, I, I went out and I, I just started like, you know, bashing a, a rock against like a, like a tin siding or something like that. And then, and, and that had this sound and this quality and they, and they recorded it. And then that became part of like the, the beat and the rhythm to like this part in the movie that gave it this kind of feel, you know, that's, that's creativity. Mm. You know, that's real creativity that is arising out of some other thing that is not technique. Mm. Right. You know, and that, and that's something that's yeah. done all the, all the time, you know, and, in, in um, and film scores is one of those things that I, that I think is interesting for that. I'm always fascinated when I hear stuff like that, when oh yeah, these composers have gone, it's like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, they did this post-apocalyptic movie. And instead of just having some orchestral like drum and, and, and traditional instruments, they went out and they started hitting, you know, uh, oil barrels with, you know, stones and sticks and, and whatever, and it creates this kind of visceral, kinetic, off-putting character to to the song that they're that that they're they're making. You know? Yeah. 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 Um. Oh man. Yeah. Um. Sound technicians who do foley in in film mm. and foley just for those people mm -hmm. who don't know, it's kind of lingo. Foley is when you add a sound effect to the film, like you add additional sound effects that didn't actually get captured or recorded in the event. And um, Foley artists are, are quite amazing because they'll find um, really good ones will find amazingly visceral sounds that impact you. And we had uh, in, in one of the films that I did, we had someone get shot like a sniper shoots and hits them in the head. And 
um, this is a Foley technique that I learned, but you take, um, like a, like maybe a melon or a watermelon or some type of melon, some type of thing with a harder kind of shell in an innard, soft innard. And then you, you like hit it with a hammer and it creates this like kind of sound. And when the person gets hit in the head and you hear that with the sound, it's like, it feels like something broke through their skull yeah. and like hit into their, <laughs> right. And it's brutal. It's a visceral. Yeah. It's like, you just feel like, Oh, right. And, um, these sounds are so powerful and it's such a creative thing. Like, you know, and that, that that's actually a very simple one. There I've heard of some of the techniques that these Foley artists do, and it's absolutely incredible how they'll bring the richness of sound into film. And these are things as an audience member, you, you wouldn't even notice had happened. You would just have a, a visceral emotional experience. And someone created this thing that you didn't even know existed. And it seems so real to you when you're watching the movie or something that you would just assume that that is the sound, but someone had to find that sound. Someone had to dig in and, you know, and this technique of hit a melon with a hammer or whatever, it's like a technique, but someone did it because they cared to try and get that feeling to be a little more visceral, a little more real. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, uh, and there's all sorts of interesting things that way when, when you just take care in your art and you put attention towards stuff that, you know, you decide matters. Right. And, um, you know, I think that's the other thing about technique I'm realizing as we're going through this is like, you decide it matters. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, that's a big part of your responsibility and, and just your, your signature as an artist is like, you decide what matters. And, if it doesn't matter, you'll skim over it. And if it does, you'll, you'll put attention on it. And I think so much of the audience experiences of art is what the artist gets them to pay attention to. Um, when I got someone to throw the script across the room, it, you know, we, we were talking about this in my class, right? Because like, everyone's like, well, I got emotional. I cried. And we were talking about it. And it's like, and, 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 and they, they, like everybody kind of began to see it when you put enough attention onto something, it becomes so real for you. Like, that's why you're crying. Like, why are you crying? This is all just made up words. These are just mm -hmm. made up people. This never happened. But like for you in those moments, when you're reading that script, you know, hopefully maybe one day it's made into a play in a movie, but like you, you are, you, you care. And that's why you cry. That's why you feel it. Cause you're focused and you got attention on something and, and it mattered to you in that moment. And, and that's really what, where I think the, the, the real art exists. It exists in the care and the attention, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that there's that thing that we always say about a lot of art or even not even in art we use it in 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 any any sort of thing where we see incredible excellence um but like we'll, we'll we are way of the artist and so we'll, we'll just apply the artistry brand to you know not just the arts but it's like there's anything that you know uh someone who's really uh, a terrific athlete you know to me it's like that's artistry as well. Mm -hmm. Anyone who does anything with, uh, an excellence, what they do, that's artistry, um, who shows that level of care that we're talking about. That's what elevates it to, to something else. 
um, I think that, oh, Brandon, where was I going with this? <laughs> where was I going with this, Brandon? Um, Attention and care. Care and, and, and artistry, excellence, doing something very well. Um, oh, it was something about what you were you were just talking about. Mm. Uh, well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, well, here, let me just give you a buffer, maybe because yeah, yeah, it always comes it. back. It always comes back yeah. around. Um, I think that you know there's an interesting parallel you just kind of pointed out, like, like the way of the artist is kind of actually the way of excellence, because what we're, what we're talking about is it's and and but it's in a different way. Cause if, if we called this the way of excellence, like it would almost, I think, put into people's minds, the way of the result of excellence, but we're actually more talking about the process to excellence. Um, the process of, and I think excellence what I'm realizing as we're talking more is excellence comes from care and attention. Like yeah. you, you put care and attention. Like I remember actually, you know, thinking, thinking of sports, like I remember when I was playing really high division soccer and like my goal, one of my aims was to be the fastest person on the field. That was a really big deal for me. I wanted to be fast and I felt like if I was fast, I could, I could just, you know, create more opportunities and be better and whatever, get more rewards. But um, so I just started to study how do people become fast? Like, I, like, and I'm like, and the fastest people I'd be like, I, I there's no reason why I can't be that fast. Like I want to know how to do it. And so one of the early lessons I learned was that you stretch your hamstrings It's a really, really important thing, particularly in running your hamstrings need to be nice and loose and they need to be, they need to be able to expand because, um, you know, that's a big part of it. Also, um, you know, you need to build like if you want acceleration, you need to build raw power in your, like in your quads and your hips. So, you know, I, I, I started doing that. I started doing the hamstring stretch, the quad power, and I became very, very fast on the field. You know what I mean? And created a lot of breakaways. It created a lot of really cool opportunities. Um, but that care to try to figure out how do I achieve this thing? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, you know, since then, I mean, I've learned so much more about it. I've, I've even learned more. And what I realized is like, if you put care into something, you can really achieve just about anything if you're willing yeah. to. And, and then I think where it becomes a little more um, challenging is you, you begin to realize that that one thing to put care into is not enough. You need to put care into several things and then you need to try to manage that those several things that you all care deeply about and how they relate to one another. And that's where the real, um, interest in creativity begins to be born because, you know, if it was just the fastest person is the best player, that would be very simple, mm -hmm. but being fast is only one element of your game. Right. And so, yeah. um, you know, I think it's the same for art. It's the same for just about anything. Yeah, for sure. And thank you for buying me some time there, Brandon. Okay. It did come back around. Um, and the thing that, uh, the word that came to mind um, in this whole thing of like, you know, with care and attention and all that stuff. But we, in art and in sports and in many things, we say we have this word of heart. We're like, you know, like there was a lot of heart in that 
in that piece, a lot of heart in that song, in that movie, in that performance. Um, same thing with, you know, like athletes as well. We say it's just like they played with heart, right? And that's this this sort of quality that we recognize in someone that we recognize as a kind of excellence, right? And that heart is a taking care of, you know, like we could almost like define it in that way. Heart is taking care of mm. blank, you know, mm. taking care of moment to moment to moment to moment, taking care of this, taking care of that, taking care of the thing that is right in front of me at this moment. And that is heart. And we recognize that and we resonate with that as human beings when we, when we see it. Um, and also it's like, I, I'm definitely not the first person to, to notice this, but you know, it's just like, you can't spell heart without art. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> terrible, terrible. Hey, well, but, look, let's, uh, yeah. let's bring it back to a little bit where we started. If you don't mind, um, I keep bringing it back, bring it back, bring but, it back, uh, bring it back. Um, the, the, the kind of the seed of creativity and starting out of, um, this place of, um, a little bit out of the unknown, but we were kind of just saying like, like how there is there, there's something to, to pull from, you know, underneath everything. And so I think that like, you can learn all the technique you want. You can learn, you know, how to do something well. But at the end of the day, you still have to have that magic something that you're you're working with. And I think when you deny yourself the uh, I don't know the the investigation of what is truthfully like under the surface, and by under the surface, I mean like what's within you that is this kind of ever-changing, unknown source. You know, and, and, you know, you could look at that in a, in a variation of ways, but like, it could be just the emotions you are feeling right now, wherever you are in your life, you could look at it as some divine thing of like being tapped into the all connected, whatever, but like th th that thing, you know, and, and I believe the way you get under the surface is you actually have to follow, like either follow the feeling follow the thought, follow the, the thing that is true for you. So if you're curious about, I don't know, let me make up something really weird. Penguins, follow penguins to the end, because in penguins, you, you don't know how, but that's where it is. But you, but if you're genuinely interested in penguins, for some reason, you're just like, whatever, I'm just making it up. Could be anything. And you follow that no matter how ridiculous it is, it leads to that source. I found this mm -hmm. to be 100% true in my life. I can be interested in the most mundane, silly thing, but it always leads to a really interesting source somewhere down the line. And if I just follow it and I put enough care and attention towards it, I always end up there. And, and it's always quite fascinating when I get to wherever that led. And it might be totally, wherever it's leading me to, might be totally unrelated to the initial interest or idea. Yeah. Yeah, it builds, it builds a kind of intimacy with whatever it is that you are putting your your care into, um, you know, which is an extraordinary kind of learning, you know, to become intimate with something 
again, you know, beyond the ideas of intimate as like a sort of a romantic type of um, thought that that we often have, but intimate in the terms of like being like really knowing something, really understanding something on on a on a deep level. Mm-hmm. You know, that's um, that's I think that that's essential. Yeah. 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 And I think, well, I think this is kind of, uh, you know, for the artists out there who are, you know, if you feeling, if you're ever feeling like stuck, cause I, like I've said this on the podcast before, I'll mention again, like this year I, you know, provided I continue to write every day. I will have written every single day for at least 30 minutes at the minimum for 10 years, every single day, never missed a day. And there are some days where it's very challenging to, to try to figure out like, well, what am I going to write about today? And how is this, you know, what do we even do? Like I got nothing. And, um, uh, you know, it, you, you don't have to write every day to come across that feeling because there will be days where you're just like, I, I don't, I don't know. I got nothing. I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do. If you just like take the most silly thing, you know, that you're interested in, you just go, okay, I'm just going to write about it. And, and, and something I'll do now, an exercise that's really helped me is I just go, okay, Brandon, what are you interested in right now? Because there's these days where I don't want to, I don't have anything. I'm just like, I don't want to write, but I'm like, well, you're interested in something. Like there's something that, that you would like to think about or talk about or whatever. So I'll just be like, well, you know, I found this interesting and I'll start writing about it. And I'm like thinking at first I used to be like, when I first started doing this, I started being like, "Mm, this is a bunch of bullshit. None of this matters. It's, it's a waste of space in my writing rep, like my writing profile. Um, but it leads somewhere. And now I just know that I'm like, I don't care how mundane this is. I don't care how like seemingly unrelated and boring this might be for someone else if they ever read it. Or for me, looking back, this is the means in which I get to where I need to go. And eventually if I just commit to it and I fully do it and I put care and attention into it, it always leads to something spontaneous and interesting that I didn't see in it when I initially began. Well, so, so much of the great moments of art and history, um, have been artists recognizing the beauty in the mundane, right? Something that we just wouldn't look twice at ordinarily right yeah. we wouldn't give second thought to and an artist just kind of holds it up and shows it to us and we just were and we're just struck by the beauty mm-hmm. you know of something like a fucking apple you know yeah. or a tree or something yeah. like that you know and it's just like whoa you know um i think that that's um and yeah and in some ways it's it's almost like the artist is is inviting us to to do the same in our own lives right mm-hmm. just like take take time take care take attention on the things that you don't give a second thought to in your life because they might have more to them than you realized and there might be a kind of richness um that's all around you yeah 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 well yeah and there's a richness not just around you but like you, you, you are a richness. If you just gave yourself the credit and the respect that, that everything is 
kind of special in the sense that what you're experiencing, your perception, like no one in this entire existence will ever walk in your shoes with your experiences through your perception in your way. And for you to honestly, authentically share your expression is, is, is a gift. Now, not everybody's going to care and most won't, but someone might. And that is the beginning steps of communicating, um, you know, communicating and opening up this world. I mean, your, your art is in a sense, opening up a world for people that they might not be noticing or thinking about, um, and helping them to see something like, you know, like, for example, like, I don't know, like, here's a silly one, like Yellowstone, for example, you know, I find that to be a somewhat unique show in the sense that it focuses on some things that a lot of shows don't focus on. And I like it for that reason. I like it for the reason that it puts attention onto something that I feel like doesn't always get a lot of attention. And I think there's something really kind of cool about that. Um, say what you will about the show, but there's lots of shows like that. You know what I mean? And they put attention onto something and you go, Oh, like how, how interesting I get to be entered into this world. Um, which, you know, I mean, this point of view even, you know, so there, there, there's, I don't know. I, I think you have to be mindful too. And I'll say this one last thing before we like kind of wrap this up. You got to be mindful of your ego because your ego is always trying to get in there and be like, I want to be special. I want to be important. You know, I want to, I want to make this matter because I want to matter. And mm -hmm. I think that's where often the art can go a little astray because your ego is actually, I think more of a blinder to your truth. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, let's wrap it up, man. I mean, yeah. uh, Beer, beer. Well, beer, look, beer, I got beer. a different one today. Kinnebic is what it's called. Kinnebic Pilsner. It's by a snake lake, which I've had a few times. Um, but I haven't had this particular beer and, um, yeah, it's a Pilsner. It's tasty. Uh, it's new for me and, uh, I like it. And that's Beauty. what I got. Beauty. I'm drinking, I don't know, I may have had this one on, on before, but this is, uh, I'm drinking one from the, uh, the 101 brew house and distillery here in uh, Gibson's BC, and this is their uh, Tall Faller Hazy IPA. And oh, I uh, like a hazy IPA. Me too, me too. It's delicious. What can I say? <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> what like, can you say? A hazy IPA is never, I can never usually go wrong with one of those, so, mm. yeah. Well, my man, uh, you got some final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, uh, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> This has been uh, a great chat. Uh, I feel like there's been a, a couple of very interesting sort of things that that emerged for me personally in in this one. You know, this whole sort of um, technique coming out of care was a was an interesting discovery for me uh, in this one. But uh, yeah, I think I'll I'll like you know kind of coming back to where the conversation started. Um, you know, I I would just encourage. Uh, for me, I'm just. I, as well, but for everyone else who's, who's listening to, um, you know, there's, I think something encouraging about this to just, just fire yourself into a spontaneous place. Um, you know, make that a, a regular sort of a, a practice 
you know, where you just begin on something, um, just begin on something and without any sense of, of where, you know, what it is, where it needs to go and, and just explore, you know, and see what, what comes out. And because I think that that is, uh, sort of a skill and a, and a, a kind of muscle that doesn't get exercised enough for most of us. Um, cause we all want to know exactly what it is we're doing, where it is we're going all of, you know, like we want to know everything. And in order for us to be truly creative people, we can't forget as we've discussed in this, that creativity and spontaneity are synonymous with each other. Mm. And we need to connect with that spontaneous thing. We need to have a relationship and, and build, uh, build our sort of strength at at being spontaneous um in order for our creative life to go beyond the techniques that we learn and to um to develop that that quality of of care and attention uh moment by moment in our lives Mm. yeah well um okay so i like let me say this you and i and everybody we don't know jack shit. <laughs> we don't know anything. You think you know stuff. You really don't. You really don't know anything. And I'm, I'm myself included. I don't know anything. You think you know stuff. You really don't know. Um, because your perception of the world is so, so limited. You are one person in one life with one upbringing and you just have such a limited view, just that alone, let alone all the things that have happened in history, all the things that are happening now, all the things that will happen in the future. You know nothing about any of this. And even if you dedicated your life to try and find out as much as you could, you would still only know a tiny fraction of it. And this whole needing to know thing, and you pointed that out, and I just want to bring this up, is like, that is your downfall. Cause you really just won't know most of life is an exploration and a discovery. And that's what makes it so amazing. And so art is that excellence is that everything is this unknown. So let go of this needing to know, embrace the unknown, embrace the whole, I don't know, be okay with that. If someone knows a little bit more than you, it really doesn't matter because the amount that they know more than you is so minimal compared to what, could be known and what is out there and what is unexplored that um, just go after the pursuit of your interest and your curiosity, because that is all you really know in this moment. And and I would say this, what you're going to grow into and what I'm going to grow into, what anyone's going to grow into, we have no idea what that is meant to be. We have no idea what, what that is. Um, you might think, oh, I'm going to grow and I'm going to be this and whatever. And maybe, maybe you'll be right. Maybe some part of it will be right, but there's this whole other part that you have no idea about. So, um, to give you an example, like if you are a plant and you're a seed under the ground and you're going to grow into something, you don't know if you're going to be an oak tree, if you're going to be a rose, if you're going to be a piece of grass. You don't know what you're about to grow into and what your, what your form is, right? Like what, what are you supposed to be? And even if you start thinking and you're growing into something, you go, Oh, I know what I am. I'm this, your 
world could change and you could grow into something else and you will um, adapt as new information comes in. So something you're interested in and you care about today might be meaningless and totally unimportant to you tomorrow, but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't pursue the thing that you're interested in today because that's what gets you to grow. And that's what gets you to grow into and create into whatever you're trying to do. So I think at the end of the day, what I've taken from this conversation was um, two things. And Evan, you pointed out one, which is technique comes from care. That was huge for me. And it's so obvious once you said it, but it really wasn't something I was thinking about. And the other thing I would say is work with what you have right now, because that is real and true for you now. And it will inform what will be true and real for you tomorrow, which might not be the same. And you have no way of knowing if what you're trying to build today matters tomorrow. So let today inform you into tomorrow and then tomorrow do it all again as today because that's all you have and if you trust that and you do it truthfully and authentically and real i think wonderful things will come for you thank you for listening in on our conversation today we hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate, creative conversation going.